Walk for Life 2019 in the West Coast. We participated last weekend. A group of 70 of us went down to San Francisco to join more than 50,000 people there for the March for Life. We came together to advocate for life as a right for everyone, for both uh, mothers and babies and really in every stage in life and not only the right to life but to, to life in, in fullness in all the difficult situations that people can undergo. And so we gathered to, to sing, we gathered to pray and to just show up, you know, standing for something that we believe is important. And we, it's amazing how we began to feel the tension right away, just in the city. Just the tension coming from the people. There were not many people protesting the, the walk, but just the people who were in the streets. You know, all of a sudden, some people started yelling things at us, and even insulting. And you could feel the tension. And in those moments, you know, some students, I realized, would you know, come closer, and I wanted to hide myself, you know, but they would come, and you feel that tension, and I, I really don't want to be here. Especially there's a moment when you go down walking Market Street, if you've been to San Francisco, and there's this big flow of the 50,000 of us, and then you almost feel that on the sidewalks, there's like two other flows going in the opposite direction. And so sometimes in our faith, we can feel that way. And we are going against the, the flow. And I think that this experience shows something very intrinsic to our faith. That there will be resistance. That if you want to follow Christ, if you want to stand and follow him, there will be resistance, animosity, and even persecution. T.S. Eliot, the great poet, he said once, in a world of fugitives, the person taking the opposite direction will appear to run away. And that's how it feels sometimes. But we need to have that certainty that when we are going towards the light in a world that in so many ways is in darkness, we can feel different. We can feel that we are in the wrong crowd, in the, going in the wrong direction. Jesus himself said that this would happen. In Matthew 5.11, he says, Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. We were able to live out that line of the gospel last weekend, to be insulted just for following Christ and his teachings and being preachers of good news. And those are the kind of things that confirm you that you are on the right path. Jesus even experienced this in his own life. He didn't just say that this would happen to his followers, but he also experienced this in his own life. Not only by people who were you know, far away from God, as he had to flee with his family into Egypt after his birth, you know, because Herod wanted to kill him and all the children under two years old. But also later on, as we read in the gospel today, all those who were his neighbors in Nazareth, people who knew him very, very well. The gospel said, says today that they, 
brought him to the cliff and they wanted to throw him down. They wanted to kill him because of what he was preaching, the good news that he was bringing. In our first reading today, we see the young prophet Jeremiah, who is called by God. But he also experiences the fear of following this call. And that is the point, that when we decide to stand and follow, we start feeling fear, that tension that we were just talking about. In a world in darkness, in so many ways, the ones who decide to walk towards the light feel different. And so God invites Jeremiah three times in the first reading to today. Do not be crushed by them. Do not be crushed by them. And a third time, do not be crushed by them. And the word that is used in other translations is intimidated. Do not be intimidated by them. Intimidation means when you're moved by fear. When something, a situation, a persecution causes fear. And fear paralyzes us. We know it very well. Intimidation is usually aggressive. In an active way as we experienced ourselves in that moment for a brief moment. It wasn't huge. But to be, in, to be insulted, you know, to get an F word in the middle of the street just for you know, holding a sign, it's, it's very, it's not rational. And so sometimes it could be uh, an active aggression. But many times intimidation takes the form of a passive aggressiveness. And so is tensioning in our hearts. It's an intimidation that seeks for the disciple to back out, to back down, to back off. Because it questions our very identity, who we are, before God. It's an intimidation that also questions our credentials. Who are you? Aren't you the son of Joseph? That's very intimidating to Christ. They're questioning who he is. He is the son of God. And he's coming to establish a kingdom and his ministry's just begun. And they're questioning that. Aren't you the son of Joseph? We know you. His credentials. And also it's an intimidation that could also question our sense of inadequacy, that imposter syndrome that we all have to some extent. So an intimidation that questions the power of what we have to bring, the power and usefulness of faith, what we are pursuing, what difference does Jesus really make in the world? They say to Christ, you know, do hear the miracles that we heard that were done in Capernaum. What, what do you bring that is different into this world? So Jeremiah experienced this. St. Paul, from the second reading, he also experienced persecution. He died for Christ. And Jesus himself, he experienced this in his own life. But in the midst of all these intimidations, Jesus shows a great courage. He shows a great strength for the faith. He shows that he was spiritually fit for that moment. He was strong. And courage, we should say, is not the absence of fear. Jesus never promised the absence of fear. Courage is precisely doing what we are afraid of, doing those things that we are afraid of. Jesus shows that great strength in that moment when he is intimidated. 
he was spiritually fit to keep walking in the same direction that the Father had marked for him. So the question is, how can we also not be, you know, set aback by intimidation in our life, intimidating situations, but experience that same strength of Christ? Where did that come from? We can point out three things that can help us in this from each of the readings that we read today. The first one comes from Jeremiah, and it is trusting in God's presence. It is always a leap, but God promises to be with us. Look at the response of God to Jeremiah. They will fight against you, but not prevail over you. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So if you focus too much on who is on the other flow going in the opposite direction, who are those people? You might feel intimidated. But if you look at who is with you walking alongside you, walking in that same direction, you will be strengthened by knowing that God is with you. He's on your side. He's walking alongside you. And not only that, but also many other capable and affirming people around us. What God promises is never that he will remove the fear, the tension of the situation, because he wants us to grow in courage, in strength. But he promises, I will be with you. I'll be right next to you. In the second place from that second reading from St. Paul, to overcome animosity with love. Overcome animosity with love. Paul reminds us in his reading of the centrality of love, how important love is in all our interactions, really. And when he goes on to describe what love specifically is, he says, it is not quick-tempered, it does not brood over injury, It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. The first defense of a Christian is defending his faith as a Christian. That is very persuasive. Gentleness is the most persuasive weapon that we have. To show the world a higher way. To not respond in the same way, but to respond with love. It was very edifying to see all of us in that same flow of people going in the same direction, not responding to those insults, but closing our eyes and praying for them, praying for each of those people who are yelling at us. Many years ago, we organized here on campus a debate that you can still see on YouTube if you want. Uh, Father Lucas from the St. John Society, he debated an atheist, Dan Barker, who is the founder of an atheist society. The debate was really good. You know, they went on on different rational topics. It was very well done, very respectful for the most part. But I remember towards the end, this other man, you know, the atheist, he started attacking Father Lucas, not on any of the arguments or any of the reasons or any of the uh, things that he didn't agree with, but just the person personally. He started attacking Father Lucas himself. And I remember how the 400 people that were there, you know, half and half maybe, 
we all came together behind Father Lucas in that moment. We all started supporting him because that wasn't fair. And he always responded with charity, with love to that situation. And that unite, united all of us. I still remember one of the men who was there who, who was an atheist at the moment came after the talk and said, you know, I am an atheist, but I don't support that attitude. So I want to know more, what do you stand for? What do you preach? He, you know, later on became, um, you know, he came to the faith and went through an amazing conversion, then married a Catholic, and they're still happily married. Mm -hmm. So Far Lucas did half of the work, and then his girlfriend did the other half. But it all came out of that charity and not responding in the same way, but showing a higher way. Overcome animosity with love, not responding in the same way. And the last one is to stand your ground. There's many moments in our lives when we need to stand our ground, and this is from the gospel. We read in that verse 30 from the gospel today that Jesus was pushed out of the town and they wanted to kill him. And in that moment, he stands and looks at them, probably people that he knew very well, looks at all of them, and he just walks through them and walks away. What a personality. He did not say one word, but he stood his ground in that moment. Of course, this is not all the time. This is not, you know, at every instance that you have to be standing your ground. But there's moments when that comes. And we need to know how to stand our ground and stand for what we believe. So the proposal for this week is very simple. To grow in our spiritual fitness. To grow in strength. To be able to overcome animosity and intimidation in our lives. You know, in any aspect. But especially in our spiritual life. So make one resolution that will make you stronger in your faith. So that you may overcome intimidations in your own life. Jesus himself, he was also persecuted. He experienced that intimidation. But he didn't let that fear get a hold of him. He never backed off. He always pushed forward. He was always able to conquer because of that strength that he had. In the end, that persecution, that intimidation... It's God's credential that you're on the right path. So when you do experience those persecutions, be assured and affirmed that you are following the light.